0: So yeah, it's so good to be here, um, and I get to start this new series, uh, as Thomas said, so um, I'm excited. Um, so it's all about love today, um, because it's all about how we love one another. So the next few weeks is going to be um, how we relate to one another, both within the church and with people outside of the church as well. What does God say about how we do relationships, basically? Um, so before we open up the Bible... and um, And it's going to be in John 13 today. So before we open up uh, the Bible, I just want to tell you a little bit about my first experience of school. So I was home educated until I was eight. Um, My mum was my teacher, mainly, while my dad worked, and my... Uh, home was my school and a few years ago whenever I spoke about um, my experience of this not many people could relate to me But now over the last few years a lot more of you will be able to relate to how this uh, Looks at home this kind of setup um, So yeah, there was definitely school rules at home, but they were a lot kind of more loosey-goosey um, Than what you get in the actual school building. So um, we did have quite a lot of freedom as well so my first day at school actual school school uh, was, um, sorry that sounds really bad, that sounds like my mum did a terrible job, (laughs) no she did (laughs) it, my mum did an absolutely incredible job but I did go to traditional school um, at the beginning of primary four um, and it was a bit of a shock to the system so um, we had like set times for snacks and lunch, um, set lessons and a timetable for the week that was quite structured, Um, there was things like weird playground rules like you can't skip Uh, So no skipping games and no snowball fights in the winter, which I couldn't get my head around at all. It just sounded like no fun to me. Um, And yeah, just a lot less help and attention from the teacher than what I was used to. So on my very first day, we were learning some maths, and the teacher was writing out some examples on the blackboard. Um, And she made a mistake as she was right. It was just a simple mistake. I just think she just accidentally wrote the the wrong number on the board. And um, without even thinking about it, I just shouted out, that's not right. Um, Just honestly, just shouted out in the classroom. Um, But there was like silence for like what felt like an eternity. Um, And then she just went absolutely crazy at me, telling me how rude it was because I hadn't put my hand. And I just remember so clearly her saying, don't you dare correct me again and it's like at that point she was like <laughs> this sort of evil villain but I'm sure it wasn't true at all and um, Mrs. Ray I'm sorry about uh, <laughs> about how I feel about you now but um, yeah so um, I felt so stupid at the time I felt so embarrassed it was my first day and I had just completely put my foot in it and I just wanted the ground to swallow me up but I just had no idea that you were supposed to raise your hand before you spoke in class and at home we would just have said what we needed to say um, and so these kind of rules took a while for me to get used to but i did get there in the end i wasn't always getting into trouble at school <laughs> just on the first uh, few few weeks um, so yeah so we're going to read john chapter 13 um, and it's going to be verse 34 and 35 but the reason i'm telling you that story is because um in these verses jesus gives the disciples a new rule to live by um and the rule is love so here's the words of Jesus, and we'll read them together. So um, it's John 13, 34, and 35, and it's just a couple of verses. Um, and do it, get in touch. If you don't have a Bible at home, if you're new to church and um, you've stumbled across us today, then send us an email at hello at and we can, or send us a Facebook message or whatever, and we can get a Bible to you somehow. That's no problem at all. So here's the verses. So it says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So three times in that, just two verses, um, three times Jesus says this command, love one another. Um, And so there are three points that I just want to draw out um, as we just look at each of those mentions. So the first one is this, a new command I give you. So love is our law. As um, Christians, our law is love. Um, And, you know, the people of God at this point in... uh, History, uh, the people of God, the Israelites and the Jews, they're very familiar with uh, a law of you know, God's law. And at the time, you know, this was the Old Testament law. So for, for a one and a half thousand years, they've had the Old Testament law which was given to them through Moses. And it included the Ten Commandments and hundreds and hundreds of other instructions on how to live. And so there was just a huge range of issues that were covered by the law. It was um, from marriage and family to land and property, crime and justice. It was extremely thorough um, and very, very, very long. If you've read (laughs) uh, any of the, the first few books of the Bible, you'll know it's quite long, very thorough. And so they've been living by that kind of a law for a long time. Um, In Matthew chapter 5, 17, Jesus tells his followers that he didn't come to abolish the Old Testament law, but to fulfill it. In other words, he wasn't going to get rid of this law, but he was just going to make it complete uh, through this new commandment to love one another. Um, So, multiple times in the New Testament, love one another. That phrase is mentioned and it's often paired with the greatest commandment which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind and your strength. So all of the rules, all of the do's and the don'ts and the right's and the wrong's, Jesus sums it all up with just one word and that word is love. So as followers of Jesus, that's our law, our our school rules (laughs) Um, is to love one another, to love God, to love people um, and I'm a bit of a fan of John Mayer, um, some of you might be as well, uh, he writes some good love songs, so um, he's got one that says, uh, love ain't a thing, love is a verb, I love it. So love is a doing word, and you know I went through this um, this morning that we kind of keep things quite practical along the way, um, so I guess uh, if we are to be loving uh, one another then you know the, the kind of crucial question is how do we, how do we love one another? How do we show love to the people around us, whether that's our parents, our friends, our spouse, our colleagues, our children, our neighbours, our siblings, people in our life group, people in the church? What about strangers that we just happen to cross paths with, or dare I say it, the people that we can't actually stand at all? Um, I love Jesus' words in Matthew 7, 12, and it's the message version that I particularly like where he says, here is a simple rule of thumb. A simple rule of thumb guide for behaviour. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, and then grab the initiative and do it for them. And I just absolutely love that because it's really simple and it gives us a place to start because we just have to think about what makes us feel loved and then we think, well, how can I do that for somebody else? So what are the kind of things that makes us feel loved? Um, A lot of you will be familiar with the five love languages um, and they are words, gifts, time, service and touch. And these are five different ways to show love to people around us and they can be applied to all kinds of relationships, whether that's friends or family, at work or even with strangers. Um, So very quickly, I want you to, if you have a pen handy or you want to write a note on your phone, Just think of somebody that you want to love a little bit better this week. And as I read some of these ideas, jot down just one that you think you could do this week. I'll be doing this as well, I just can't do it at the same time as this. Um, So, um, words of affirmation. So this is encouragement, empathy, listening, showing your appreciation for somebody. So an idea would be to send an unexpected note, a text, a card or a letter to somebody this week and just absolutely stuff this with uh, with encouragement and just how much you love them and how much you appreciate them. Um, The second one is receiving gifts. So you could buy or even make a thoughtful gift for somebody. And it doesn't have to be big or expensive. That's not the main thing. It's that you're thinking of them that counts. Um, So just take the time to present it nicely and then surprise them with it. Uh, The third one is quality time, so planning some one-to-one time with somebody, whether it's an hour or a whole weekend, depending on what you can do. Um, And the key is just focusing all your attention on being together and enjoying your time together with that person. Try to avoid any interruptions and put aside distractions. So go for a walk, but don't take your phone. Or enjoy something that you both like doing, a shared hobby or an interest. Or simply just have a really long Good old chin wag. Uh, the fourth one is acts of service, so asking people how you can help them out, whether that's in their garden or, you know, saying to your boss, "Can is there anything I can do to just take off your off your plate?" Um, helping your child maybe with some homework that they're struggling with, making a meal for somebody, doing the dishes in the staff room, or tackling a project with somebody. And the fifth one is physical touch. So this is obviously just where it's appropriate, especially in the COVID times. Um, Yeah, so just using your nonverbal body language to show that you care. So just an encouraging pat on the back can go a long, long way. Or a hand on the shoulder or a kiss on the cheek, if that's okay, depending on what the relationship is. Um, That these actions can just speak so much louder and clearer for some people than any amount of all the other four. So they're just a few ideas of how we can show love to people in our lives um, and, you know, just have a think, like I say, mull it over how you think you could do one of those this week. Now, um, it's funny that Thomas, I I promise that we weren't uh, swapping notes or anything. I had no idea that Thomas was going to mention learner drivers because I just jotted something down before the service um, and it's to do with learner drivers. So... My dad, on our wedding day, um, gave me, and Stephen, so that's my husband, um, learner plates that we were to wear. Um, so he we had these two learner driver plates, and he got us, they were tied on ribbon, and he got us to wear them. And it was part of his wedding speech. Um, and he um, basically then went on to explain how when you love somebody, it's a lifelong lesson in love, and marriage is a lifelong um, learning experience. And um, then he took off his jacket and showed everyone on his back. He still had his learner plate. Um, My mum and dad were married at that point, I think, for about 20, 25 years. And then my pop, so my dad's dad, got up. They'd been married for 50 years uh, to my gran, and um, he did the same. He still had his learner plate on. And so uh, when it comes to love, we are lifelong learners, and we're all still wearing our learner plates. And if I'm going to be totally honest, I kind of struggled... Uh, to write this talk because at first I was like I'm not qualified like I have had um, you know at the time when I'm trying to write it there's been so many failures in terms of loving my children loving my husband and making sure that my friends know that I love them I just felt like I was failing left right and center and you know I'm not an expert on this stuff I'm still learning um, and we're all still learning Um, I just felt like I wasn't qualified but Jesus reminded me that he is the one that is the expert on love, that he is the instructor, so to speak, um, and he is the one that is directing us, that is instructing us, that is teaching us how to love the people in our lives better. We're just the learners. And so um, the other thing about a driving instructor as well, is when you're learning to drive, is that they are always there. Um, until you're qualified and to be honest we're never going to be qualified this side of heaven so um you know we're going to be lifelong learners when it comes to love and so Jesus is always there with us helping us and teaching us how to love people better so and um, that leads me on to my next point which is that uh, Jesus says as I have loved you so you must love one another so he is our example he is the one that shows us how to love A few years ago, I was away at a church conference um, and it lasted for a few days. I don't know if it was just sitting around a lot on hotel chairs or maybe it was the different mattress, but by the end of day three, my right shoulder was just so knotted up. It was tense, it was painful, and I couldn't move it properly, I couldn't sit comfortably. And one evening I was just like, right, I'm taking some painkillers, I'm a pharmacist, that's what we do. Well, actually we don't, we actually, do. we actually put it off for as long as we can. I don't know why, it's a pharmacist thing. Um, and so I took some painkillers, I actually didn't ask anyone to pray for me, which was ridiculous because I'm at this Christian conference. Um, but then I just went along to the evening session, we were worshipping, and with about within about 10 minutes I suddenly realised I had both my hands in the air as I was worshipping. And I suddenly thought, how have I got my arm in the air? Because my shoulder's completely knotted up. Um, but... And, and it, like, as I was thinking that, um, I had this sort of warm sensation, like someone had put a hot water bottle on my shoulder, and I actually did turn around just to check, because I was like, maybe someone just, like, put their hand on my shoulder or something, I don't know. Um, but nobody had a hot water bottle in their bag that had just happened to bring along. It was definitely God, and he was, yeah, just, it was like he was just showing me that he was there with me. Um, so then through like over the course of probably about 20 minutes um, it just gradually began to that that warm feeling just kind of gradually uh, left but as it left it took with it um, all this pain and this tension and it was just absolutely completely 100% fine and I just remember thinking like what on earth I didn't even ask God to heal me like I didn't even pray about it which it was crazy but I didn't and Um, I just remember being amazed that God would do something for me that I didn't even ask him to do. And a similar thing in this chapter has just happened. So in chapter 13, uh, before um, Jesus tells his disciples to love one another, he has just washed their feet. So um, basically picture the scene. Jesus is just a few hours away from being arrested and then crucified. Um, He knows what's coming. He knows this horrific death that is literally just around the corner. And he's sitting with uh, the disciples around the table and they're sharing their last meal together. So with death like on his mind, I'm sure it was, and it just, he still, he stands up in the middle of the meal and he puts a towel around his waist and rolls up his sleeves. And without anyone asking him, he begins to wash the feet of his friends. Um, So first, Jesus shows the disciples what love looks like. And then he tells them, to go and do the same for other people when it comes to loving one another Jesus just absolutely has to be our number one example you know nobody else can love us like he does I, I know of course for loads of us we can think of so many people that have loved us whether it's family or friends um, yeah whether it's people like teachers and people like that who've supported us and loved us and showed that they care um, and you know Of course, we have those people in our lives, but no one will be able to love us quite like Jesus can. Only he um, can shower us with a love that is unfailing, never ending and overflowing. And um, I have another driving confession to make. It's quite a big driving theme going on here. So um, so you've probably heard about these uh, people who drive around um, until the display on their car says that they have zero miles left of fuel. <laughs> you've probably heard of them. Uh, you might be one of them. And um, But only then do they suddenly think, oh my goodness, I am five miles or maybe 10 miles away from the nearest fuel station. Um, and they slowly make their way there because, if you're slower, you get more, more miles to the gallon, as opposed to if you drive faster, <laughs> it'll actually last you longer. Um, then top up their fuel tank and they get on with the rest of their lives, and they're completely unfazed by the whole thing. Um, you'll know which kind of camp you fall into. <laughs> but yeah, I'm one of those people who leaves it to the last minute, and I'm not ashamed of it. Um, but you know, I might be a little bit crazy. It's probably not the wisest thing to do to, to do that, but even I know that when the fuel tank is empty like actually 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 empty that car will go no further and the point is uh, that we can't love each other on an empty fuel tank you know of course jesus is calling us to be loving but first and foremost he is calling us to be loved by him so you know when we're honest with ourselves how often are we filling up the tank how often are we allowing Jesus the time and space that he needs just to fill us with his love, to not rush it, but to um, sit still for long enough that he can um, just show us how much he loves us. When it comes to his love, the refills are free. If only the petrol was free but, and diesel was free. It's not, but never mind. So, yeah, the refills are free and they're unlimited. We can, um, yeah, go to him whenever we need, whenever we want. And these are just a few things that I've tried lately um, over the last year or so that helped me to open up a bit and just receive Jesus' love. And the first one is keeping a journal, so, but keeping a two-way journal. So it's something I kind of just stumbled across. So first of all, I will write whatever's on my mind, how I feel, and i just let it all go bleh and just get everything out on the paper. And then I just wait until Jesus says something or makes me feel different, or gives me a picture, or a verse, or he reminds me of something, and then I write that down. So I have two different colored pens, and I'll have one for my voice, and one for his voice, and just journaling uh, what he's saying to me, because I think often we can have these one-sided conversations with him. The other Lectio Divina you'll be quite familiar with, so just open up the Bible, pick a short passage, read it a few times, just nice and slowly, and just meditate on the words until a phrase or a word pops out and then just asking Jesus why is that why are you highlighting that to me and seeing what he says through his word um counting blessings so this is just basically just listing uh all the good things in your life the blessings the gifts um and I just like to include loads of different things that are small big things you know just um morning coffee or bedtime cuddles with my girls or the sunshine in the sky, whatever, just whatever comes to mind. And usually I get to the point where I can't actually, um, like I'm, I've put everything down that I can think of and I n- still know there's so much more and I realise that they can't be counted. And the last thing is um, something that I, again, just stumbled across quite recently, which is basically um, picturing a landscape in my mind, so using my imagination. Some, of, some people are really visual, they can do this really easily. Um, But for me it takes a bit of effort, but basically close my eyes, just picture a landscape um, and usually I try to think of something that just is how I'm feeling, so whether it's good or bad, um, so it could be that you're in a forest, it could be that you're on a mountain, it could be that you're in the pouring rain, just something that just for you sums up how you're feeling um, and just focus on what can you see, what can you hear, how do you feel and then inviting Jesus into that space. So again, using your imagination to uh, visualize him in that space with you, and then waiting and seeing what he does or what he says um, or what changes when he is there with you in that space. Um, last time I did this, I was feeling really stressed. And so I actually try- I pictured um, where I wanted to be, which was on a beach with nothing to do. And so I was just lying there on the beach by myself and then I invited Jesus to be there with me and he just reminded me that there's nothing to worry about he's in control and it was so uh, stress relieving in that time because um, just to know that he's with me and he's in control so the last point I want to make is based on uh, the bit where Jesus says by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another so love is our hallmark. So I've been married um, for quite a long time now. I can't even think off the top of my head. Oh my goodness, not on the spot anyway. <laughs> long enough, long enough. Um, and uh, Stephen is at home today, so hello. Um, and they're hopefully watching. Um, I'm sure they are. They're very supportive. With the, uh, he'll be watching with the girls. Um, so yeah, we got engaged really young. We got engaged when we were just 17. Probably the craziest thing that either of us has ever done, but no regrets, like I say. Um, so as you can imagine, we just didn't have very much money uh, for an engagement ring at the time. So we both went into cash converters in Aberdeen one day and I chose my two favourites in the shop and said, surprise me with one of those, please. Um, and then a little while later, he took me on a romantic walk in the Aberdeenshire countryside, uh, it was ro- as romantic as the Aberdeenshire countryside gets, and then uh, surprised me with this ring. Aww, isn't it sweet? Yeah it is. (laughs) It brings me back. Um, So yeah, and as I say, the rest is uh, history. So yeah, I've had this engagement ring for 15 years now, and in that time it's never been cleaned. I know that's disgusting, but it's true. Um, But yeah, a few weeks ago the wonderful Heather, who's part of our church and does this as a business, she took it away, she gave it a clean, she gave it a polish, some TLC, and it's so sparkly, it looks brand new, and I'm so pleased. Thank you very much. Um, But yeah, because it came from cash converters, we've never known uh, who made it, how old it was, anything like that, but she looked at the hallmark and she put her expertise to work and I got loads of messages from her telling me a bit more about the background of this ring. And so, you know, the hallmark that's on a piece of jewelry, it is the mark of its maker and we are the same. We bear a hallmark. Um, And the hallmark is love, God's love for us. And, you know, there's so much in this church family that will make us different. You know, we're a very, very mixed bunch. Um, Where there's different ages, different upbringings, different ethnic roots, different personalities. We'll have different jobs. We'll have different financial situations. We'll have different structures at home. Um, The list just goes on and on but um, one of my favourite movies of all time, because it has so many good uh, quotes in it, is My Big Fat Greek Wedding. There's just so many, (laughs) and me and my sister love it. We just like send each other's quotes every now and then that are just hilarious. Um, So yeah, it's one of my favourite movies, and at the end of the movie, the father of the bride, who the bride's uh, Greek and her whole family's Greek, um, so he makes this wedding speech um, about the union of these two completely different families and he is speaking about the, their surnames. So you're gonna have to excuse me, but it goes something like this. So you know, the root of the word Miller is a Greek word. Miller comes from the Greek word Milo, which is a I mean apple. So there you go. As many of you know, our name, Portucaus is a come from the Greek word portokali, which I mean orange so okay here tonight we have apple and orange we all different but in the end we all fruit (laughs) i'm really sorry if you're greek i just completely destroy that but never mind um so yeah as god's children we're all different but in the end we're all his and his love is our hallmark the love that we carry the love that we show it points to him We've been marked by his love, and because of this, we've been called to make our mark on the world. Because of his love, we've been transformed from the inside out, and he's changed our hearts. He's opened up our eyes, and he's called us to love, and he's equipped us to love. His love is our hallmark. It sets us apart, and as we show love to the people around us, they recognize him. They recognize the power of his love and they are drawn closer to him. You know, the hallmark on this ring gives it its identity and its value. And God's love is what we're made for. It's who we are. It's what makes us um, able to change the world for the better. And, and without um, our hallmark of love, without love, who are we? 1 Corinthians uh, 13, verse 1 to 3, sorry, says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. So without love the church says nothing, the church means nothing, the church has nothing, the church is nothing but we do have love and thank goodness for that and just as we come into a time of prayer and we just invite the Holy Spirit to move in this uh, this space, in this gathering, um, there's a phrase and it's in Song of Solomon and I just love it so I'm just going to share that just as we come into uh, uh, a time of prayer and just asking God to move. So it says, place me like a seal over your heart. And I just love that. It's really beautiful. Place me like a seal over your heart. So as we come into this time of prayer, we're just asking God to fill us up with his love. We're asking him to help us to obey uh, this command and to look to Jesus uh, every day as our example. Because we can only leave a mark on the world once he's left a mark on our hearts. Um, So let's place him like a seal over our hearts today.